And I'm Sarah. And this is Everything is Rent, the podcast where we talk about the best musical of all time, Rent, song by song. Uh, today we have a very special guest. We're talking about the song Without You. And for such a special song, we have a very special guest, as I've said. <laughs> <Nailed> it. <laughs> um, I'm really killing it right now. He's a Tony Award winner for Spring Awakening. He was in American Idiot on Broadway. And uh, coming up, he's going to be in a horror movie called Larry and also an Amazon series called Modern Love. So tune in for those. We've got John Gallagher Jr. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh. You, you thank you for joining us. Yeah, we're so excited. I'm thrilled to be here. And you, I, I wish that I was there in person. I, I feel a, a slight uh, twinge of guilt that I'm uh, not able to join you in in the flesh. Yeah, we <laughs> asked you to fly out to LA for this, and you wouldn't for some reason. I, ch- I chose so to stay in the frigid tundra of Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> where it just snowed and it's super cold. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kicking myself now for not just getting on a darn plane and flying out there. You'd be disappointed in the weather here. Yeah, it really. Is, um, it's well, it's frigid for LA, which is still like 55 degrees, but oh, I'm in my winter coat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm furious. Not a good beach day. Um, and no. congrats. You, you were the recipient of a classic Sarah Claspell intro. Um, I'm not good <laughs> at intros, so. Not everyone gets one, but you got a good um, one. You're I welcome. feel like it's one of the better intros I've received <laughs> Thank in my so lifetime. Much. Um, I will say this. I don't plan them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. Sarah rehearses them for a week beforehand I'm and like, they I'm going to fuck out this way. up in such a special way. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do, honestly. <laughs> um, great. Well, uh, let's get into it. So we always yeah. ask uh, what your relationship is with the musical Rent. Tell us about yeah. it. I have a I, I have a long, twisty, turny uh, relationship with with Rent. Uh, I mean, I, I came of age uh, right when it was um, uh, sweeping the nation and uh, the first, my first memory of the musical Rent was uh, I grew up in uh, in Wilmington, Delaware, and I was a theater nerd, and I was getting really obsessed with musicals and theater, and I was trying out for local productions at my local community theater, and uh, I remember watching TV one night with my parents, and I, it was like a sixty minutes or a. Um, some type of news show on network TV because we didn't have cable, so we only would watch network TV. Mm-hmm. And like it, the four I channels, was, exactly. <laughs> that's all we had, and a lot of and a lot of uh, fuzzy uh, static channels um, in between those channels. Yeah, me <laughs> too. Me too. I, I think it was Dan. I want to say it was Dan Rather or somebody or one of those big uh, uh, kind of network news figureheads was narrating uh, a special. And uh, I think Rent had just moved to Broadway and opened because I was about 12. This would have been like 97, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it was they were interviewing uh, people from the show and they were talking about, you know, how unbelievably tragic it was that Jonathan Larson passed away uh, uh, and and how it happened right when the, the show was, was taking off. And um, I just remember seeing this, seeing some clips from the show. And the, the first thing I remember, and I still remember it, was seeing Anthony Rapp as Mark Cohen with his headset mic on and his thick glasses and his sweater and his... And his scarf, and he was up on the table, maybe singing Rent, maybe singing Lovey Boom. I don't know, but I was just like, "Who is that? And what is happening?" <laughs> and it it just it defied everything that I thought I knew about theater as a, as a young person. You know, I I had seen the films of West Side Story and 
and Oklahoma and, and Brigadoon and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, whatever my, my mother was showing me because she loves musicals as well. All perfect musicals. Um, all <laughs> but great, they right? paint such um, a specific picture of what it looks like to be a leading man in a musical. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I didn't know that, you know, that and, and that you could sing like that. Like I remember listening to his voice and thinking, you can do that in a musical. And it really was this kind of eureka moment for, for me. And it, and I remember thinking, I have to get to New York and see that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't even know what they're singing about, but I got to go see that guy. Um, and it was shortly after that I went to New York for the first time. Uh, I, I went up on a, uh, a bus and took a trip to New York with my mom and my sister and I think it was organized maybe even through one of the community theaters where I was, where we were doing theater. Um, cause my mom and my sister also were really active in local theater and, and, um, we went up to New York and we went to TKTS to see what, what we could get tickets for to see on Broadway. Cause mm -hmm. I had never been to a Broadway show before. Sure. Or as TKTS um, pronounces it. Tickets. <laughs> tickets. I know. Tickets. Um, and of course, I was like, Mom, you know, I really want to see Rent. I hear it's so cool. And I'm still think having flashbacks to seeing that news special with that guy up on the table, rocking and rolling. Uh, and of course, it wasn't on tickets because it was super successful and, yeah. and um, impossible to get a ticket to. And uh, I was a little bummed about that. But uh, we went and saw the revival of Once Upon a Mattress starring Sarah Jessica Parker. And that was my first Broadway show. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, basically exactly the same as Red. <laughs> totally Red. It's basically, you know, same Red plot, Part two. Um, same, same sort of style. tone. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and even though I was a little, you know, crestfallen that I didn't get to see Red, I was, I was blown away by Once Upon a Mattress. It, it totally took my breath away. And and that was my first Broadway show. Um, and then afterwards, we, you know, we had to get back on the bus to go home to Delaware. And we stopped into one of these souvenir uh, gift shops in Times Square. And they had a lot of theater memorabilia and collectibles. And they had a hat that had the Rent logo on it. And, um, and my mom bought it for me um, because she knew that I had really wanted to see Rent. And so she bought me this Rent hat. And so for... I guess it was, gosh, a half a year I wore this Rent hat, um, but I still couldn't tell you what Rent really was or <laughs> I, I didn't know any of the songs or anything about it other than it, it seemed like a cool, edgy musical that I wanted to see. So I wore my Rent hat for a while and, uh, and then the following year I got... Uh, the original Broadway cast album on CD. So you hadn't even heard the cast Christmas. album when you were wearing the hat. It. All I had seen <laughs> was that one clip of Anthony Rapp singing. And, uh, on and a news sealed. show. I was committed. I was, I was totally I hooked. Great. Were people um, like asking you about the hat? Were they like, oh, what's definitely. with the hat? It was like, what's rent? You know, in, in Wilmington, Delaware in 1997. Uh, I don't know how many people outside of my little bubble of theater nerd friends knew what that was. So, so like, what did you tell them? I would say, oh, it's a hit musical uh, <laughs> in New York on Broadway. I really want to see it. I almost saw it, but I didn't. It's my um, favorite musical I've almost seen. It's my seen. favorite musical. I, can, I can't even tell you a song. I'm assuming there's a song called Rent, but I don't know that for sure. I mean, if you're in Delaware and uh, no one's getting to see it, you could have said the musical was about anything. Anything. I could have been like, and here's the, here's the whole, uh, I'll sing you the whole libretto now from, yeah. from start to finish. Make up my own my own music to it. Um, 
but looking back on it, I'm like, oh, right. There wasn't, you know, I, I didn't have the internet and uh, I couldn't look up any clips or hear any songs. And I think the cast album wasn't even out yet because they were still in their first year on Broadway. Mm. And so I was so excited uh, when I got the the album. And that really, I mean, that was, that was like a, a really like a, I just having this image of a, you know, of a, of a door being blown wide open. I can still remember holding the CD, the double disc mm-hmm. uh, in my hands and opening it. And I remember the cover and seeing the, the kind of checkerboard uh, design with all of the cast members. And it was so thrilling. They were the coolest people I had seen in my life, you know, in my young life, I hadn't seen anything that cool um, uh, as the, the original Broadway cast on the cover of it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I just remember putting in the CD player and, and hearing that, you know, the tune up the first track and I was just, I was riveted. It, it, it just blew my, my young mind and still does to this day. You know, I still find it incredibly moving and the show keeps giving back and I keep checking back in with it and, and realizing that it's, it's only gotten more potent. It hasn't lost any of the power that it had for me when I was young. And I, I mean, I just played that CD over and over again until, until, until it skipped yeah. uh, incessantly. Yeah. Uh, and then like certain songs would just get stuck on a loop over and over again. I was like, Oh yes, I can tell that that one's playing because I really like it. Uh, that's why that one keeps skipping. Mm-hmm. But uh, I made my friends listen to it and I got my family into it. And uh, of course, naturally the first thing I did was uh, to put it onto a cassette tape so I could play it in the car because yes. we didn't we didn't have a CD player <laughs> in the car. Uh, so I had my bootleg cassette version of it that I recorded myself. I had uh, uh, in my old car, it was a 97 Toyota Corolla and I, um, the CD player and tape deck were, it, I didn't have a CD player and the tape deck was broken or something. So I would bring my boom box and put it in the passenger seat. Oh and, yeah. I did that. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had many different versions of that exact thing. <laughs> and then I had the thing where you have a disc man and you attach it to a cassette tape. Uh-huh. Oh yes. The cassette converter. Your, yeah. 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 Anything to listen to a CD in your car. (laughs) I still don't understand how that contraption works. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) And also like the cord would always get like, you couldn't touch it. Um, (laughs) It had to be sitting in the exact perfect way. Like uh, going up at a certain point and down, but you can't, the moment you touched it, you'd have to like pull over (laughs) and reset everything. And you really had to make sure you got a disc man with some some serious anti-skipping capabilities yeah 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 for you know if you were driving over a particularly bumpy road yeah. what makes that do they just make it extra thick like i the, don't know that's, a, some, oh, that's other technology <gasps> we gotta that get I an engineer understand. on here <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a special episode yep how yeah, do cds the, work <laughs> how do cds work how do those cassette converter things adapters uh work and can i still buy one do they can you still go into a best buy and say you know i really need yeah. one of those cassette converter things? um you can because when i moved to la <laughs> i bought a 1997 mercury sable oh, God. Nice. only a cassette player i didn't think i would live in la for long so i bought the cheapest possible car sure, sure. And, I, uh, I will say um 
riding in that car, it felt like we were um, <laughs> like you were driving around the hugest rickety roller skate. <laughs> it lasted for two years. Yeah, it was a good car. But that's how you know. That's super cool, though, because, you know, retro is always uh, is always in. So I think you soon you'll be the toast of the town being like, no, yeah. I only have a cassette player. So. Exactly. <laughs> it was definitely a talking point and I can't relate to people normally. So I need, <laughs> I need that to talk about. <laughs> I, need, I love a good conversation piece. Sure. But uh, I, um, I, I did play that, uh, that record obsessively for uh, another half a year and still hadn't seen the show, didn't know uh, anything about it other than the record. Um, but, you know, the, the, the CD came with a booklet that had all the lyrics. So that was also amazing, was listening to the album and following along with the lyrics and just, I mean, just crying, just bawling my my uh, <laughs> my prepubescent eyes out <laughs> at, at this, following the story of these people and listening to the to the record. And I still maintain that you know those are really hard. Like it, it's really hard to make a, a cast recording because um, it's not the show. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole other thing. And I've recorded two of them as an actor, and it's it's weird and and kind of antiseptic and you're trying to recreate this thing in a studio that that you're used to recreating uh, on stage and i maintain that the rent cast album is one of the best i think mm-hmm. that it's it's so well done they really bottled the lightning of that show uh in in the in the recording and it's not easy to do some of them you turn on and it's like oh I'm, i this feels kind of stagnant i can't really connect to it it doesn't feel alive and that one still to me feels so feels so raw and and like the show i don't know how they you know how they pulled that off so as Um, uh yeah since you have done two cast albums when you go into record do you uh would you like do part of the scene to go into the song or just start the song uh, sometimes we you know we, we in both of the cast albums that i've done we we aimed for that and we tried a couple of little uh uh dialogue moments and and ultimately found that they didn't really work i think there might be one or two of them on the spring awakening uh cast album still but i think we ended up scrapping most of it because mm-hmm. it wasn't really uh wasn't really translating yeah well the rent album i totally agree it is I was re-listening inspired by our conversation last week to listen to the Fun Home soundtrack, which I weirdly have. It's one of the two CDs I currently have in my car because I got it for free just on at a weird thing. But um, they include a lot of dialogue in it. Like you can really follow the full story of Fun Home. And it's a little bit weird. Like it's weird to hear people acting out of the context of being on stage and absolutely the rent album they cut a lot of the dialogue out Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of it's gone yeah what we're talking the song we're going to talk about today on the cast recording starts with the singing but it has that little scene building up to it where right um they're fighting or rogers yelling at mimi Mm -hmm. again It's, (laughs) it's it's so strange to know something so kind of obsessively and then to finally see it um, cause I didn't see the show until, uh, it came to Philadelphia with the first tour mm. and I was, I think 14 at that point. So it had been two years of obsessing about the show, <laughs> yeah. uh, before I finally saw a, a production of it that came to Philly. 
And I went with, uh, with my theater nerd friends and we did the, we did the lottery, I think, or we waited in line and we got front row seats to the, I think it was the Merriam theater. I want to say it's called in Philly. And I remember that summer when the ads started, they started doing the ads like this summer, see the show that everyone's talking about that hit production of Rent comes to Philly. you saw Dan Rather talk about on top. <laughs> I think that you saw Anthony Rapp up on a table singing these songs and it changed your life. Well, now you're going to get to see the touring company do it in Philadelphia. And, um, you have the hat. Uh, you have the hat. You finally get to understand what it's all about. And that was, you know, I mean, that's next level. That was, uh, I mean, mind-blowing yeah. seeing it for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, as a as a teenager, it it just I thought that I was prepared that I was like I know the show and I'm ready for it, and then I still remember you know the lights fading and them walking out and I mean it's like you know my heart almost stopped, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember after the act break, uh, when seasons of love started and, and they all walk out because I was really obsessed particularly with with Mark like that was you know I was like oh wow he's kind of he seems kind of nerdy and he doesn't sound like a pitch perfect, uh, Broadway star. And, and, and I liked that about him. Uh, there was this like a rough edge that I related to. And mm-hmm. I certainly thought, Oh wow. You know, that's amazing that you can do that, that you don't have to have this perfect kind of, uh, opera, op- operatic, uh, uh, tone and timbre to, to your voice. And of course, at the beginning of seasons of love, uh, and I still remember, I remember everybody I saw on that tour, um, uh, Trey, I remember that Trey Ellett was the actor who played Mark because I, I saved the the playbill. Oh wow! And, <laughs> and he came out, and the way that the stage was set up, he you know they all come to the lip of the stage for Seasons of Love, and uh, the actor playing Mark was right in front of me, directly uh. in front of me in the front row, and um, and I waved to him. <laughs> <laughs> totally distracting. Did thing he totally to do. break from the? <laughs> Listen, he waved back at life. me. <laughs> he That's waved back adorable. at me, and I think I cried. Uh, uh, I probably cried. I mean, I always, I'm always crying. I'm crying right now. Um, <laughs> and, us too. Um, <laughs> we had an interview with Freddie Walker Brown, uh, who oh, was wow. the original Joanne, um, but she called people like us uh, easy hankies. <laughs> Oh, which is we'll cry at anything and that's 100 percent correct yeah and she was like we don't care about making you cry because like, you're going to no matter goal, what because you're going to is, whatever yeah to make mm-hmm. the rest of them cry right the people with the hardened hearts to, yeah to, to break the the ice coating yeah but yeah that i, I got um i got karen olivo's autograph because she was playing mimi in that production and uh yeah and it was it was it was mind-blowing and and I've been a fan of the show uh, ever since. And I got to see it. I finally got to see it on Broadway um, years later uh, when uh, when uh, when um, Anthony Rapp and Adam Pascal came back into oh, the show cool. in 2007. Because uh, it was, it, it, you know, it, it has this special place in my heart because um, when I discovered the show and got obsessed with it, you know, uh, if you had told me then, uh, Hey, you know, in your twenties, uh, you know, in about 10 years, you're going to be doing plays on Broadway and you're going to do a musical that, you know, people compare to this show and, Mm -hmm. and say, you know, uh, say this is part of that 
that musical theater evolution, which, which still I can't, uh, to this day wrap my head around. Um, cause it's, it still feels very surreal and, uh, and, and a little bit like a dream. I remember when we were, when we were doing spring awakening off Broadway, um, cause we had a similar trajectory to rent on spring awakening where it, we'd been workshopping it for years and constantly getting passes and theaters saying, this will never, this will never be a hit. This is so weird and so strange and, and, and too risky. And I remember when we were doing the show off Broadway, uh, Anthony Rapp put out a memoir. He wrote this book without you. And, uh, and I bought it and I remember I would read it in the dressing room at the Atlantic theater company where we, where we started, um, spring awakening. And even then I didn't think we were going to move to Broadway and, and, and be, uh, a show of, of note, uh, of any kind. And then when we moved to Broadway, I got to meet Anthony Rapp. He came to see spring awakening a couple times on Broadway and he came backstage. Um, and, uh, I told him, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you like this you I saw you on TV when I was a, <laughs> a kid and it's the reason why I thought, wow, maybe, maybe I could do that someday. Um, and, uh, and it, he couldn't have been sweeter. He was so nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kept in touch and then he actually was the one that he arranged tickets for me to see him and Adam when they came back to Broadway and, uh, and I brought my sister and my mom oh, to see so it. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he came out afterwards and gave us a tour of the stage, talked to me and my family. And, um, and that really seeing it again, because you know, it, with this stuff that you discover when you're young, you kind of fall not in and out of love with it, I would say, but just that you get into other stuff and you mm-hmm. forget about it and you get distracted and then, of course, when the movie came out, I got kind of re-obsessed with it and was like, wow, that that really is amazing. Because um, I'm always expecting the things I liked when I was young to, like I said earlier, lose their potency. And um, I don't know. Ren is just one of those. To me, it's one of those works of art that it's like it, it's it's never I don't think it's ever going to lose its power because it's it is so unique. And it's, it's so poetic and it's so daring. Uh, even now I listen to it and I think, gosh, it's incredible that they pulled that off. It is Um, interesting too, uh, that you like in spring awakening, I feel like your character was the mark. Sure. Absolutely. Because Moritz is like, yeah, just, uh, really nervous and, uh, whatever you know better yeah, than I no, do. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no, Melchior is the yeah, Roger. Cause he's, for sure. you know, he's like more brooding and, and, and kind of the more uh, slightly for lack of better terminology, macho and kind uh-huh. of more like the kind of leading man role in a sense, for sure. I, I think you're absolutely right yeah. there. But also the way that, um, like we were talking about, like, uh, traditional musical theater singing as like so much vibrato and, and just such mm-hmm. a different tone than rent. And Spring Awakening and American Idiot and like a bunch of other stuff now, um, uh, Book of Mormon, et cetera, I think work on Broadway because Rent did it first. Oh, yeah. It it totally changed everything. Book of Mormon falls under that? A little bit. I feel like Book of Mormon, we're back to like full on regular old musical singing to some extent to some extent as much as it still exists which is very little anymore like i feel like the modernism of book of mormon sure is we're talking about putting things in butts we're talking about (laughs) talking about uh genitals a bunch yeah Yeah. (laughs) i guess just the in a sense i i hear what you're saying in 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 the i kind of just the thought that it changed what 
you could and and couldn't put up on a on a big stage. You yes, know that it was a little sure. bit like actually, you know what? No, why why make certain stories off limits and why make certain styles taboo? Why not just put it all up there? Yeah, um, yeah. and I think that's one of the last really when you even separate from the, the the work itself, that's part of its legacy. That's massive. That's that I think of all the time. Yeah, it broke through a ton of barriers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of subject matter mm-hmm. and sexuality, and yeah, yeah, all just of it. yeah talking about that stuff on stage, talking about things that modern teenagers or like people in their twenties think about and not just, um, I don't know, we got to, uh, find a place to put all these, uh, this gambling hall (laughs) thinking of guys and dolls. I got the ref. I got the ref. I was like, what's a musical, uh, thing, uh, plot point gambling. What are these other shows about? Yeah. Where are we going to have this crap game? I mean, seriously, you guys, it's a thing I'm constantly worried about. I'm I'm terrified about where my next, uh, craft game is going to (laughs) be. Have you thought about a mission? Uh, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. (laughs) Oh, I've been in that musical too many times. It's so oh, good. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was I did I was in it in middle school and high school. And oh, then man. I was in Your Good Man Charlie Brown in high school and college. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Who did you play? Uh in Charlie Brown I played Lucy both times. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Guys Great and Dolls. Role. Middle school I was part of Runyon Land. I was the lady that steals the pocket watch and puts it down her her dress. <laughs> she's an, I think she's a prostitute. She's called like a nightwalker. Oh, and the, then oh, sure. in high school I was Mimi, the hotbox girl who has a couple of lines. Ugh. There are <laughs> truly cuz I was in it in college and there are like two or three women in guys and dolls that have lines and yeah. Mimi is uh, one of them. Yeah. I, I snagged the role of Mimi. No uh, big deal. I was oh, not cool. cute enough to get Mimi. So <laughs> I became a missionary who was a man that they made a woman and gave yeah, a line to. Of course. Mm. Sure. Have you done guys and dolls? I've never done it. No. Hmm. Um, I, I'd love we'll to. put it up. I, I love it. I love, yeah, let's put it up. Come on. I think it's time that we all get a fair shake, a fair chance at these roles that, yeah. that we never got to play. Yeah. So going back to your pre-rent days, yeah. what shows were you in? What what shows were you trying out for? What was that? What was I doing? I was, um, I was doing community theater and I was doing mostly kind of like the, they were kind of, I don't want to say budget musicals, but they were sh- musicals that had never quite, you know, made it as far as Broadway. I did. Uh, but the one that I did that was actually, that did make it to Broadway was I was in a production of The the Secret Garden mm. uh, when calling? I was, uh, yeah, is he, he's the, he's the, the, sick, the sick one. Yes. Yes, I was. And it was uh, unbelievably traumatic because my voice was changing. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I was like 13 and it was, oh, it was horrifying. It was, it was dreadful. And it's, you know, it, it's very high. It's all head voice. And, uh, I was totally going through puberty and, and I couldn't, I was devastated and so scared to sing in front of anybody. <laughs> and I tried to drop out of the show. And the director was this amazing woman named Marie Swajewski, who ran this, uh, this children's theater company called Delaware children's theater in my hometown, Wilmington, Delaware. And, uh, and she said, no, you're perfect for this part. You're staying in it. We're going to, I'll, I'll bring in a voice coach and we're going to figure out a way that you can get through these songs. 
And, uh, and I did it. And that was probably the, the scariest thing that I'd ever been through on stage, uh, at that point. But I did a lot of show. I did, I did that. And I did a production of a Tom Sawyer musical at the same theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a show that was about the Waltons called the homecoming. It was like a Christmas <laughs> show. Uh, I was, I was a, a street urchin in a production of a Christmas carol. Um, at the same theater. Uh, They really loved me at this theater. They they kept bringing me back. Yeah, you're a repertory player at Uh this theater. The the drama on that one was that I... um, I decided um, we were kind of allowed to do our own makeup. And <laughs> I really wanted my character to have some some uh, some sideburns, so I drew on <laughs> these like mutton chop sideburns with an eyeliner pencil. Wait, and I was getting away with street it. Street urchin. Yeah, and I didn't have a very big part. I was only in like you know Father Christmas or in a couple other songs. And finally, um, uh, the, the director at one of the note session was like, John, what, what's on your, what's on your face? <laughs> <laughs> I got called out in front of everybody and I, I couldn't do, couldn't do the, the, uh, couldn't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. I was in that as well. Gosh, I did a lot of shows when I was at that doing, doing community theater. Yeah. What were you um, in Alice in Wonderland? I had, I played, we, everybody played a variety of roles. I was, I was one of the Tweedles. I don't remember which one <laughs> that I was. Uh, I was the baby and I was a, 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 a lobster. The baby that eats, wait, oysters or the, something? Yeah. There's like the baby <laughs> that won't of? stop. There's like a soup thing. There's like, <laughs> the, the soup is overly spiced and yeah. the baby keeps crying yeah. and sneezing. It My has like an allergic in... reaction was in that in like a community theater thing she also was in uh the first touring company of american idiot um, no way oh, yeah. oh of course yeah nikki yeah yeah, yeah nikki i know her oh great <laughs> absolutely we've hung out in la we've we've gone to karaoke together several times that in los is angeles. so funny yeah yeah and she always like brings the house down she slays I mean, she's, she's an amazing voice she's Agreed. such a great performer yes just the kind of person I wouldn't want to go to karaoke with. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of shuts things down for the rest of the night. It's like, oh, yeah, nobody really wants to, to follow up that. It's too, it's too good. What's your karaoke guess, song? Well, you know what I really like to do is is Mac the Knife, is the, the, Bob, the Bobby Darren version. Mm-hmm. Okay. I find it exciting because nothing gets repeated. Uh, the, the vocal part starts at the beginning and there's no, there's no instrumental break. Mm-hmm. There's no chorus. It's just like a long story. This it's is- a long narrative and there's a key change with every verse. Ooh. Um, so I think it's kind of one of the secret great karaoke songs. Uh, and for some reason, nobody uh, really wants to do it except for me. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, there should be full on just a karaoke place where there's no choruses and no instrumental breaks. Like all the songs are just picked for that <laughs> purpose. Agreed. They, they, where somebody has curated the perfect karaoke book. Yeah. I always feel when I go to karaoke that they should make karaoke versions of songs. It is like one verse, maybe two verses and a chorus. And then that's it. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. We get it. We all want to sing. So yeah. let's not. We don't need to do Bohemian Rhapsody. No. I know that's Though a tough one. And, and, somebody, and somebody inevitably does, sure. yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, that's one of those songs because I've done it for karaoke and you don't real you should remember, but uh, halfway in you're like, oh my God, there's four more minutes left of this song. Yeah. It keeps going. It keeps yeah. going. I did all my dance moves. I did the shopping cart. Uh-huh. I did the sprinkler. 
we had right. some fun. <laughs> and then you look out and you're like, everyone is bored and hates me. <laughs> My oh, friends no. are talking to each other. Uh, and you forget how much of it's harmony driven. And then when you're singing the harmony parts, you're like, wait, am I the lead or am I harmonizing? I yeah. can't tell what's happening anymore. <laughs> um, so then going to, did you do musical theater in high school? I didn't. I I didn't do any uh, plays at my high school with the exception of doing a one act. Uh, there was like a one act kind of festival thing at the end of the uh, of my I think my freshman or or sophomore year. And, and we did uh, the, uh, the, the one act version of the play that's called Sorry, Wrong Number that got turned into Dial M for Murder, oh, uh, that, okay. that film. Yeah. And I played like a cop in that. Uh, and I remember we, there was not a lot of, there was not a lot of care uh, and allegiance given to the text because they basically were like, if you guys want to improvise and make up some more lines, go for it. Um, <laughs> so we took a really great classic one act and, and we're kind of modernizing it and, and changing all of the lines. And I don't think I said a single line that was still in the script. Um, if I did that now, I would, I would be up for several days feeling so awful yeah. about, <laughs> about ruining a, a good classic text. But I, I yeah, I, I always did community theater at, at the local theater in my hometown um I, I always felt a little bit like a like an outcast at my high school i went to just a kind of big generic um public school in the suburbs very much uh i used the analogy is very very much like the the breakfast club high school mm -hmm. it was very click very clicky and um a lot of kids and it was very much sports or bust. Uh, okay. And it, if you weren't if you weren't into the sports, it was I, I felt it was tough to kind of find a, a place. And, and I had mm -hmm. you know some ADD issues, and and uh, I, my head was in the clouds for the most part, thinking about rent. Uh, <laughs> just wearing that <laughs> hat, trying to figure out what the plot just is. Wearing that hat, trying to fit in, <laughs> and really waiting until I could get you know get picked up from school and go to rehearsal for the community. The theater shows that I was doing that was really that was where I uh, I really fell in love with performing uh, and and decided well I really I think maybe I could try to do this um, to do this professionally someday. So is that um, uh, I know this is not a, a podcast about Spring Awakening, uh, which right. I'm sure um, many of our listeners will be like, um, why are you talking about rent so much? <laughs> right. um, yeah. uh, this guy was in Spring Awakening. And uh, but what brought you to New York? Uh, yeah, I, I met a, a manager when I was doing community theater and she worked out of Philadelphia and New York and Philly's about a half hour from Delaware, where I grew up is the closest metropolis. And, um, she started sending me on auditions when I was a teenager to New York and it, it was a lot of commercials and, um, nothing really it, it, that excited me because I, I always knew that I wanted to do theater. And, uh, and then I got really lucky when I was about 14 or, or 15, I think it was, I got cast in a workshop of a play that uh, ended up opening Off-Broadway the following year. And so I made my Off-Broadway debut in New York when I was 15. Wow. Um, cool. and, what play and, was uh, that? It was called Current Events. Mm -hmm. It was by a playwright named David Marshall Grant. And he was an actor uh, who then went into playwriting. And now he's a really successful television writer. And he's written for Nashville and a few other uh, TV series. But that was totally life-changing. And from oh, that yeah. play, I, I met a, a playwright named David Lindsay Bear. And yes. he, put me in, he put me in three plays of his from the ages of 16 to 21. 
and really changed my life. And, and, uh, I, I, the way I see it really gifted me with a career in, in the theater. Yeah. I saw that he was one of my favorite playwrights and I love all three of the plays that you were in. Yeah. They're yeah. great. He's, he's a fantastic writer. Yeah. And, and now he does musicals and he did, uh, he did check the musical is yeah. one of his musical credits. He's great. And High Fidelity, the musical, oh, starring yeah. Will Chase, who was in the last production of Rent on Broadway. He's the last ever He's Roger, Roger. I yeah. yeah. And then he was in Nashville as well, just to yes. connect yeah. it all. Mm-hmm. To bring it all back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's just striking me too. Another thing about not to, and to bring it back to your sister, to bring it back to, always. to Nikki, I, I was in I the audience. I continue to do it every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the audience at the opening night of the, uh, the, um, at the, was it the Geffen or the Amundsen when American Idiot opened in LA on oh, the yeah, tour? Uh, the Amundsen, I believe. Yeah. I saw, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's where I met her. That, Cause that oh, was great. the first time I saw her perform. Uh-huh. Yeah. She was, uh, what's her name? And yeah, she or she was, which yeah, is the name she, of the character. <laughs> we could do a real who's great. on first right now. <laughs> exactly. My life is one big who's on first. <laughs> awesome. Shall we yeah. listen? Shall we listen to the song? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's I, do I, it. Yeah, I'm ready. Right. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. I don't know. I'm ready. Okay. Don't tell us you're ready if you're not ready. I'm ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> Now we're getting just into a bunch of songs that are going to make me cry for sure. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. Ugh. The grass grows without you. Also, we say it every time, but gosh, I love Daphne Rubin Vega's voice. She's perfect. Chris, so great. So great. Nobody has ever sounded like her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the only one that, that sounds like her. Yeah, there's so much. You could tell so much about the character just from like the tone of her voice and the emotion. She's she's perfect. Yeah, she was amazing. I wish I could have seen her. I wish I could have seen the, the whole original uh, cast. That would have yeah, been so. Me too. I love this slow burn up to like, okay, what's your point? <laughs> oh, okay, I die. Because it's sort of mean up until then. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, everything sounds nice. Why are you so sad, lady? Oh, because oh, you, you die. Okay. I get it. Mm-hmm. I always, I, I'm always a little ashamed to, to say this, but, I, you know, I, I like being honest. And this was one of those songs where... I never really, I kind of would skip it sometimes when I was young. Yeah. So I was like, I kind of want to get to the exciting stuff, the high energy stuff. And it took a few years for it to really land. And then once it landed with me, it it leveled me. And I was like, oh my God, this song is incredible. Yes. It's definitely one that I had to see the show to appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think during this part, while she's singing... Um, you're seeing Angel going through a lot of health issues and Colin's yes. caring for him, so it's oh. really punctuated by uh, the visual. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's crazy, and just stylistically, how many different, uh, just all of the influences. Uh, 
that Jonathan Larson was clearly channeling to write all the music is just incredible how much there is. Is there one particular one you see in this song? I mean, you know, sometimes I just really hear the like the kind of folk rock vernacular that there's like this kind of singer-songwriter. It, it's not so musical theater. It almost has this that sounds like some of the great it's like rock singer-songwriters of the 60s and 70s. Some of that starts coming through because it almost sounds like it it could be you know played on the radio. Kind of it could just be a great love song. Yeah. Uh, in, in its own in its own right, but then when you plug it into the show, it has even more power and, and, and poignancy. There he is. He's back. <laughs> the legs walk and the lungs breathe while Angel is like being carried by Collins. Oh my heart! <laughs> Mm. You know when your lungs breathe? <laughs> mm. You know when that happens, Beth? I die. <laughs> oh, wait. This, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that little chord. Yeah. This is a song that I will get stuck in my head without having heard it. Um in months we did it in an improv show i think sure we'll do it constantly (laughs) we've no we've done this song in an improv show more than one time (laughs) it's one for me now with just the sometimes just the just the intro like just the guitar will start and i'm like oh no no it's so simple this was the song where like because i had seen the show on broadway and then i've seen it touring countless times and I remember seeing the tour in Denver in the late 90s and this was where my brain broke and I mm-hmm. <laughs> cried for an hour oh yeah it's just <laughs> so oh it's I'd really also just gone through a breakup with my mm. on again off again high school boyfriend Ugh. forget it forget <laughs> it I was done well, me, when I saw this, uh, no boy liked me. So I was, <laughs> imagine, I was still doing the without you, but just picturing any boy who would possibly like me. There were none, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're disgusting. I'm a gross d- uh, monster, <laughs> but I've grown no. into it. <laughs> that uh, must have been why I was skipping it too, because I was like, what, love? What's that all about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I was uh, without love, but. Truly just wanting it so bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, high school. You yeah. hard. High school time. <laughs> it's rough. Uh, yeah, I think <sighs> it, it really doesn't get better for me than when they're singing together. In yeah. The, yeah. I guess it's the bridges that they sing together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The world revives. That's the first time. The world revives. I love Colors it. Renew. You guys. Yeah. I want to do it. <laughs> it's so good. I know. The lyrics are definitely like those lyrics that the haters are really going <laughs> to make sure. fun of these. But I know gonna go after. they're going to go after these. The earth turns, the sun burns, yeah. but I love them. They're great. Yeah, but I, I just love, I mean, it really is. It's, it's you know, uh, uh, it ain't no sunshine uh, when she's gone. You know, it's it's like this classic, this idea of that, just the, the poetry of, no, the world, everything is as it is, 
but it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, to me, you know, like that's just, that's kind of a, uh, a tried and true theme of a love song, but yet it feels new here, you know, like feels yeah. re- re- totally rewritten in, in a sense. Yeah. But I'm such a sucker for that, for their love story too, because like it is, I feel like uh, Larson, it's so eloquent the way that he writes these two people that are so, so desperate to connect, but they're in so much pain mm-hmm. and they, and they, and they keep missing each other. And that really, that's still feels so raw and real to me when yeah. I hear all, when I hear their story. Mm-hmm. And they start off thinking that they have this baggage that the other won't relate to. And then they realize they have some of the same baggage and then they realize that that's not enough, but then it is. Yeah. Ooh, it's good. Is that exactly how your high school relationship went? Let's see me and Randy. (laughs) Let's think back. Um, Gosh. How can you, yeah. How can you quantify? (laughs) We played Evelyn and the whiz and the whiz, of of course. course. Mm. Um, Mm. (laughs) A lot of chemistry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just a will they, won't they for years <laughs> through the main mom and dad in the play Fools our uh, senior uh-huh. year. Yeah, we really had it all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> um, probably less uh, dying, but yeah. Hard to say. Hard to less, say. Hard to say. I mean, felt it feels like dying. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I do feel like I have to make fun of a little bit. Um the like trying to figure out what each thing does here. Like it's Mm -hmm. like, so what do flowers do? Okay. They bloom. Yeah. What do (laughs) children do? They play. Okay. Then we get to what do days do? Um, soar. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) the days soar. Oh, the days soar. Yeah. (laughs) They soar by. (laughs) They soar by. Because earlier they have the eagles fly. I feel like days fly by and eagles. Oh, eagles should have soared. Yeah. Yeah. Got to flip them. Uh-huh. Well, you that's should? good that if you mess up a lyric in the show one night, just mess those up. And then it's like, oh, it's still, uh-huh. it still works. Shoot, I said days. Okay, I'll throw in eagles later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What if you were, this is a totally dumb uh, thought. Okay, you're in the middle of it and you're messing up the lyrics, but the only thing you can think of is eagles. The eagles warms, the eagle smiles, the eagles, eagles breathe smiles. moves. You're like, wait a minute, is this a show about eagles? <laughs> Now we've got, I'm back on board. (laughs) Rent, but for Eagles. But for Eagles. Rent for Eagles fans, which makes sense because I saw it in Philadelphia for the first time. Uh It's coming full circle yet again. Wow. That almost makes too much sense. (laughs) I think we've written a musical, my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, When you got the album, what were the songs you loved and what were your least favorites? Do you know what's funny is that so... You know, I, I went to tune in to the Rent Live uh, that was just just aired on Fox. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, there there was an issue in New York. I don't know if this happened elsewhere, but like the first five minutes were unaired. There was a problem with the link up somehow. And oh. nobody watching on the East Coast got to see um, like the tune up or the first all of the introductory oh. stuff for the show. And. I, I was like, oh man, I, I'm so bummed. This, that was, I love that. I love the kickoff to the show and, and the monologue that Mark has. But I want to see mm-hmm. it. Um, and so I, I, I paused the rent live, and I'm not trying to say, oh, the rent, it wasn't good enough or it discredited in any way. Uh, just that I was like, I kind of want to see that that first moment. And that was when I remembered that that you could watch the last performance of 
of rent on Broadway live on, uh, that you can rent that, that they filmed mm-hmm. it and released it of the, the last Broadway cast 2008, I think it was yeah. the and one with on Will Chase. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yes. And so I dialed that up and I mean, Renee Elise Goldsberry is in it and like, uh, Eden Espinosa is in it. Like, like there, it's a crazy, um, it's a crazy cast in yeah. that one. And I started watching that. And before I knew it, uh, me and my girlfriend had watched the whole thing. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the funny thing that I remember, it got to Tango Maureen. And I was like, you know, this was like one of my first favorites Tango in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And my girlfriend was like, what, why that one? <laughs> I was like, I don't really know. <laughs> I just thought it was so cool. I thought, the the back and forth between between them between Mark and Joanne I thought was so funny and so clever I liked the beat of it I loved the how it felt like a tango I loved the chords uh, the imagery uh, of the of the lyrics that was one of the first ones that really got me like I was like oh I'm in I'm yes. into Rent and mm-hmm. I love Tango Maureen yeah um that was one that that I really loved. Um, I mean, obviously, the, you know, Rent, that got me going. I was so psyched by that. I thought La Vie Bohème was the best thing I'd ever heard. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that that was just utterly insane. I didn't, I had never heard anything like it. Uh, I was really into that section where, um, I can't remember what it's technically titled, but it, it's like the whole thing where the drug dealer is, is trying to sell Mimi drugs and Roger comes in and everybody comes in. And then by the end, it's, it's right before, uh, Maureen's Maureen. performance piece yeah. um, where yeah. she comes in on the motorcycle. Christmas, Christmas uh, bells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every, it's like, it's a thing where everyone's singing at once and you can't really pick the parts out. Like I remember looking at the booklet and trying to follow along to each individual person and rewinding it over and over again to try and pick out each part. Yes. Um, that really blew my mind. I will on the regular get the just the lyrics with the no room at the holiday in oh, oh no yeah oh, stuck yeah. in my head. Um, I, I guess all, my point is all I think of is rent songs. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The part from that song that I go with all the time is I don't even know the lyrics to it, but it's the part that's like. Yeah, you'll be merry, you'll be merry. The merry ain't in my vocabulary. Yeah, I love that one too. I think that's an underappreciated. It's such a good song, but maybe I'm wrong. I agree. No, I think you're right. I also loved what you own because that was you know the the two dudes coming back together. I sang that at a cast party for one of my community theater shows because I got the. The, the, the sheet music book when they released that. Right. I bought that. I also bought the script. They published like that. Do you remember that amazing big hardbound book that had like the script and all the pictures of the original cast, oh, pictures yeah. from off Broadway, the story. Like I remember getting that, I think the following Christmas, basically every Christmas, my mom would give me something else that had to do with friends. Yes. I also really loved uh, Halloween. I sang that at another cast party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I sang at acapella, as a matter of fact. I think the music, the music wasn't out yet. And I was like, excuse me, everyone. I'd like to sing a song from Rent. That's such a cast party thing. Yeah, I was like, we're going to break into song for no real reason just to, just to show it yeah, off. Just Who's please, saying everyone, what you own with you? Um, a, a guy named, uh, a guy named Dale Evans who okay. was in the secret garden with me. Mm, right. So it must've been the secret garden 
it must have been the Secret Garden cast party. And I remember that I had to leave. Like I, I brought the book and like my mom was like, it's almost time to leave. And I was like, I have to sing What You Own with Dale. And she was like, well, make it quick. And I finally went and I tracked down. It was the Secret Garden because it's all coming back to me. I tracked down our MD, our musical director, who was the guy who helped me with my changing voice. Uh-huh. And I was like, here. And I opened the sheet music. I put it on the piano at someone's house. And I was like, play this. And we uh, did just a one-off. He like kind of sight read the music and played it. He didn't really know rent. Uh, <laughs> and Dale and I did our best to do, I, he of course was Roger. I was Mark. Sure. And uh, we did, a, I think probably a pretty much like a B plus version of, uh, of what you own. And then I grabbed the book and slammed it shut and ran outside into my mother's idling <laughs> minivan and went home because it was a school night. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's I love so that funny. she got it though. You were like, "Mom, I have to stay and do this." She was like, okay. <laughs> "She was like, look, go look. I know you love your rent." <laughs> that's so go good. Go sing that song. So are those the ones that when you played them for your family and friends, those were like the, your go-to songs that you would make them listen? Definitely. To? I was like, I you, I really leaned into the Mark songs because yeah. you know he was my my boy. I really loved that <laughs> character. Um, but I loved them all. Like another day, I man, I still get chills. Uh, from that, just the whole, the whole thing, uh, uh, of when it starts with who do you think you are? Like all that thing, all the way up until the end and the, the, the life support group coming in halfway through. And it's Mm -hmm. the first time that it's the first time that you hear the no day, but today refrain. And I mean that I I'm, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, that one always has gotten me and, uh, and still does. And, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's really, I, I, when I was rewatching the show the other week, I kept waiting for like it, for it to dip for a moment where I was like, Oh, this is where I kind of tune out or check out. Or I'm like, right. I don't remember this. And it just never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was just so hooked and and uh and and really mesmerized still yeah i love that you just ended up just watching that <laughs> i watched the whole thing do you yeah. know um do you know how the uh fox version begins because it doesn't no. have that monologue I, I had a feeling that they were going to say why is this guy going to come out and talk for a page and a half like, yeah uh, we, we got to get going the kids are going to want to get hooked we got to get the kids hooked with tune-up number it? one. <laughs> <But, laughs> tune-up number one. They yeah. also, the first notes you hear are not the like, darn, 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 darn. The tuning guitar. They, yeah. they played a little bit of the Musetta's Waltz riff first. Ooh, okay. And okay. then into that. Uh-huh. And then you must know the first line of lyrics that they changed. What did they change? Is it something in rent? No, I don't think that there are any. It's, uh, they go December 24th, 9 p.m., 1991. Oh, oh, no, oh, oh we go, we really got to let people know where we are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is 1991. 1991. It's not 2019, friends. Yes, but I'm more concerned about the time zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I uh-huh. would say. I was like, where, what part of the country are we in? <laughs> I did not know they changed that because I was looking at a like kind of fractured, jumbled picture on my TV for about five minutes. Oh, sure. Um, Just in a it panic. Kicked, <laughs> it kicked in at the last chorus of Rent. That was how long it took. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a lot. For it to get going. Well, we were so blown away by the 1991 change. And we were we were at the non, like the failed. We were in the live audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, night, you were there? Yes. Yeah. The night that they oh. couldn't do it. Oh, you were there for the, oh, wow. And but so, they did this. I heard they did it, though. They, like, they still did it, um, but just like more scaled down. Um, it was more like a concert for us. Right. But yeah, they did the whole thing. And it was it was very great. cool. But we were freaking out so much about 1991 that we didn't even hear that. They then also changed the lyrics right after that. Yeah. <laughs> what did they do to that? Because he can't say, I guess he can't curse, can he? Yeah, they took out shit. What does he do? Um, uh, starting something about Some starting a shit. new project today. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. See how it goes. I can't remember the exact <laughs> That sounds like a great lyric. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably Starting it. a new project today, see how it goes. <laughs> Instead of my old things that I used to do. Yeah. 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 Um, the one that I did see was in, uh, in what is it, in You'll See Boys, there was that pretty epic switch. Oh, the poo poo it? it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we've been talking about it nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Think twice before you reject it. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. We we can't get enough of talking about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind was of. Was it you need somewhere to perfect it yeah. think twice before you reject it? You got yeah. it. I was like, okay. Now, is that just because they were like, well, let's change it? Or were they worried that the censors w- would also. Hate look, poo-poo? Fr- would frown at poo poo. I don't know. I don't know. It don't must. Know. My I think totally, it does work. My totally incorrect assessment is that like. Julie Larson has just been waiting <laughs> till she could change it. Like to do a couple changes. Yeah, she's right. like, I love my brother. I love his legacy. This musical is incredible. I gotta take poo poo it out. <laughs> First sure. chance yeah. I get. Um, but yeah, we're we were speculating about what the touring now that they're touring if they're gonna keep some of those changes. Oh, yeah. is it now? Is are they touring with the cast that did the Rent Live thing? Or? No, no. no At there's least just not a new tour cast. going out. Yeah, yeah. It'll oh. be. It's it's touring soon. I know it's coming to L.A. in May. Yeah, if you're still looking for that trip, that Listen. warm weather trip. Hey, <laughs> come on! I out. Would, after after watching it again on YouTube recently, I would love to be in the audience to see the show live yeah. again. Yeah. It's, it's just fun. It's amazing to think too about uh, about you know like it's like right that's always going to be there for for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's always going to be somebody putting on that album. And going, you know, some another year, years from now, there's going to be a 13 year old putting that on and going, what? Yeah. I didn't know that, that this, that this could exist. Yeah. That's so inspiring to me to think that, you know, it's really the, you know, uh, that power of art. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Is it weird to think that people do that with you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I still feel like on the fringes I, in a weird way. I, I, I feel like I, um, I still just feel like a big fan. You know, I mm-hmm. don't feel like, oh, I, I came and saw or oh, I did that. I did a Broadway show. And, uh, you know, it, it, a couple of years pass and you you kind of forget whatever that thing was that you did. And it's it, it often um, it often slips my mind that I was part of something that had um, a similar impact. Yeah. And it's only when, you know, every now and then and um somebody you know like so not like somebody will come up and be like when i was a kid i saw that show mm. and it you know in like an adult will come up to me now because it's been yeah. you know about yeah. 12 or 13 years since spring awakening premiered 
And it, it also just feels like yesterday, which is strange to be like, oh my God, that was that long ago that you're an adult now, but you were a kid <laughs> when you saw that. But I was a young adult when I was doing it. And yeah. now what, how old am I? Oh my God, time. Um, <laughs> but it's, incre- it's, it's incredible. I mean, to be part of this, this is going to sound really silly and cheesy, but I remember almost being overcome with like an existential dread when I used to listen to the original Broadway cast album when I was a kid in Delaware. And I remember writing in one of my journals and this is, this is, I swear this is true. It sounds too on the nose, but I think I wrote something like I'm feeling really depressed because I feel this weird, uh, feeling that I'll never be part of anything as important or special as a, a work of art, like, like rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not, a lot of people compare them. I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's no comparison to me between spring awakening and rent. Like rent is really will always to me be in its absolute own, own box and its own category. I think it's untouchable and, 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 and not comparable. Um, but the fact that I years later was part of a, a, a show that people have drawn that kind of parallel to is it always gives me chills. Um, yeah. uh, not to, not to say that my life wouldn't have had meaning, like not that the only way to, to get happiness and meaning uh, from life is to be in a (laughs) Broadway musical. I was, I was being extremely dramatic. Sure. I mean, I remember writing that stuff in my diary and it didn't, I didn't get onto Broadway, (laughs) but I, uh, I've done important things. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing. I was in a funnier die video. Thank you so much. I was like, I'm not, I'm not good enough to be like a Broadway star. And guess what? That was true. <laughs> <laughs> what I've, what I really feel now though, is like that it's, I, I feel, and, and, uh, again, I feel like this is going to sound kind of saccharine, uh, and sentimental, but like, I feel like, Oh no, the show, you don't have to be part of it as a performer. You just have to engage in it, engage with it in any, in any sense as a fan or a listener or whatever it is that that's the beauty of these, these works is that they're, they're inclusive and you get to be a part of it. And when someone comes up to me and gives me a hug and says like spring awakening changed my life, I actually feel the the lack of separation, you know, because I'm like, it changed mine too. Mm. I feel, I don't feel like an, like I orchestrated that It, it, I feel like it just happened to me almost in the same way that it happens to somebody sitting in the audience. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the magic of these works is that, that it breaks down that barrier and and we all get to be part of it. Yeah. Well said. That's the truth. Not for me. (laughs) And someday Um, Sarah and I will win the Tony for best rent fans. Uh Best rent podcast. (laughs) I feel like you're gonna. I mean, I mean, what other rent podcasts are out there? We're a real shoe in for that Tony. I think so. (laughs) Um, I'm going to start one, which is just me doing every part of rent. I'd listen. John, please don't, because we would listen and you'd, <laughs> but you'd win the Tony. <laughs> you'd win that dang Tony. No, no, I, it's not going to be very good. You haven't heard my, uh, my, my Maureen yet. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> Until you hear me doing uh, Take Me For What I Am in the original key, it's not, which is not going to sound pretty. You might want to withhold your judgment. <laughs> 
All right, you're right. We still have a shot at the Tony. Okay, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, great. Let's move on to our final yes. segment. Uh, yeah. It's a segment we reserve for people who have been on Broadway, <laughs> and Whoa. yet it has nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> but it's also reserved for true Rent fans, people that know everything about Rent, and mm-hmm. it's called what is it? Where, where are, are they, they now? now? And Ooh. it's where we ask you to speculate uh, what happened after. Oh, no, it's called Life After Rent. Life After Rent. <laughs> Life sure. After Rent. <laughs> uh, we ask you to speculate what happened mm. to the gang after Rent. Mm. I love it. Just in general? Just all of them? Yeah. yeah. Like, Whichever you- ones you want. You can, yeah. you can pick and choose. I, uh, um, I feel like. Well, I don't know. How serious were they about that restaurant in Santa Fe? <laughs> well, Roger went to Santa Fe and came back. Yeah. He went there. Now, did he scope out locations? Did he maybe, <laughs> I don't know, say, hey, I'm going to get that. Maybe I'll get that building one day and we'll turn it into into our spot. I mean, I, that's where I go to. I, I have this fantasy that because that is kind of their, uh, that's a, um, a refrain of longing and yearning that mm-hmm. uh, that would solve our troubles. I like that idea, but I, I also like the idea that, um, I don't know, I feel like they stayed in New York and somehow found, uh, found some, some way to, uh, to, to connect and create and do their thing. I imagine like, I don't know, Roger, like, uh, if he's not, if the, if the, if, if you think about it, it's like, okay, so what, if, if a songwriting isn't panning out, what do you do? Maybe he became like a, like a great producer and now mm, he's like oh, pr- yeah. producing other bands stuff. And maybe he made a name for himself there. Maybe he opened up a, a rock club. Mm-hmm. That serves um, Santa Fe themed di- uh, dishes. Yes, it's a Tex-Mex <laughs> spot. Yeah, um, it's like a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of queso. I guess that's it. it I. I I don't know. I feel like, I mean, let's see. So Mark hangs up on Alexi. He says, no way, man. I think Mark like wins some, some, some documentarian uh, film festival awards with, uh, with his documentary about his friends. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they go on a press tour together and (laughs) and maybe the doc, maybe through the documentary, they're all able to find, uh, find a way to find a way to, I don't know, to turn, to turn their art into something. But I'm also curious about that, that ATM. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Colin suddenly to... gets arrested. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, know. I mean, that seems pretty risky. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried about Collins in that ATM scheme. Cause it's fraud. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And, um, amongst other, other things. Also, um, don't, uh, A N G E L that's five digits usually um but that is a new york thing because we've talked about this before there's an Mm -hmm. episode of seinfeld where george's uh (laughs) password is bosco right oh right so it's a thing so they can be five i've only known them to be four but uh, maybe they're maybe they're five could could be five yeah (laughs) i don't know i like to think that that you know that i like to think of the best i don't know sometimes i'm like oh but maybe i don't know maybe it didn't all pan out in a kind of fairy tale way but then that and i get depressed about that yeah because i want to believe that because everybody is struggling uh to kind of pave their way and make a name for themselves i always go to of course the happy ending because i want everybody to be like the most successful version mm-hmm. of it well uh, this is uh, your of, version of, that, of that uh, life after rent so you can make it oh, as happy or i can sad make as it want. whatever i want to be well yeah. I, you know just because i'm i love those people so much i'm going for uh 
for the kind of fantastical, yeah. fantastical ending. I think Maureen you know, does become like she goes down in history. She becomes like Laurie Anderson, and uh, <laughs> Mark does become like a great kind of uh, documentarian. He's the next Ken Burns. Great, uh, <laughs> nice. and yeah, maybe Roger doesn't like go on the road full time with with his stuff, but maybe he produces somebody, and then through that becomes a big deal. Maybe he becomes like um, like uh, John, like I don't know, maybe like John Bryan or one of those producers who becomes kind of the the, the wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe and he produces I, I, Mimi. Ooh. He might produce Mimi, yeah. and and they might start something. You know, I mean, their first single might be "Without You." Mm. Oh. That's a you don't think it's gonna be your eyes? <laughs> uh, it'll probably, I don't know. Maybe your eyes will be the B side. Okay. Yeah. Because a lot, you know, that is the thing that everyone comes back to, right? They're like, oh, you know, we waited for the song, and is it? It's not quite as good as some of the. I've heard that people uh, ruminate on that before. Yes. That the song that he finally does do isn't quite as bad. Yeah. He should just record one song, Glory. You know, he really he uh, he wrote a pretty good song there. Nailed although it. I guess it's so it's good. Not, it's one of those weird things in a musical where it's like. I'm yearning to write a, a good song and I can't, but now I'm going, to, my character is going to now sing a, an incredible song. Yes. <laughs> if only that could be your song. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not trying to slight your eyes because weirdly I, 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 got, a, I got a soft spot for it. All right. Um, let's see. Collins rewires more ATMs uh, across <laughs> the, <laughs> the country. No, uh, maybe he like does some amazing uh, study and, uh, and, and becomes, you know, an incredible scholar. And he's on like Bill Maher all the time. They're like, and now we have Tom Collins back to talk about uh, whatever the most recent uh, issue is. Yeah. And Joanne probably got him out of his legal troubles. With oh, the yeah. yes. I mean, we, sure. we all know that she knows what she's doing over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Merger case. The Merger case was a huge success. <laughs> what happened to Benny? What happened to Benny? What happened to Benny? What happened to his heart? I mean, I he wants pursued. Very good. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think he gets another um, another dog. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think he gets a. He, definitely, he needs to get another pet. Um, so, what ha- do you think? Cyber arts is a. You know, do you think he convinces everybody? Well, now I'm doing. I'm not being. I'm being pretty wishy washy here. I'm not really being definitive. <laughs> I'm asking a lot of questions. Yeah, that's about okay. It. That's okay. We'll work it out together. I don't know. Do we think cyber arts is a thing? Does he convince everybody to, to, to do his you'll see boys dream? Does I think it's a multi-level marketing scheme (laughs) and he, (laughs) he ends up in prison. Does it pan out or, or is Benny like the, the fire festival guy? Um, Mm, (laughs) he's just moved on to his next thing. Or like everyone comes in to like move into their studio in his cyber arts building. And it turns (laughs) out that it's just like shitty sandwiches. (laughs) Right. I I, I mean, it it sounds good. Like now when I listen to that song, I'm like, you know, Benny's, this could could be kind of cool. You guys condos on the top and the rent keeps up in the shop. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So but you're a Benny know. apologist? Uh, okay. Maybe I, 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 in, a, in a sense, in a way. But I, I feel like I've always been able to see everybody's point in the show mm-hmm. in yeah. a lot of ways. I'm like, I, I, yeah, I feel your pain. I see your point. But and I, I think that makes it a smart well. show. Is that yeah? You can. Uh, no one is like outright evil, or you know, everyone. I d- I agree. Has you good know, you know. I feel like the most common 
thing that you'll hear, like I hear it all the time if I talk about liking rent, is someone will inevitably go, I don't know, you guys, like just pay your rent. Like it's not that hard. Everyone's got to do it. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I know, I know, I know. Um, but, and I, and there, I went through a period too, when I moved to New York and I started, you know, living here and being like, Oh, okay. So yes, the rent, I have to pay it. Um, this sucks, (laughs) but I got to do it. Um, I I kind of had a doubt about the show too, but now I don't know. I feel like it. I feel like it works on a different level now where it's just like, right. And you know, it's like your podcast says everything is rent. Like that lyric to me resonates more now that it's just, trying to find something you can hold on to. Uh, and that the, the kind of the, the fight for not paying the rent is almost more in a weird way, even though it's not for storytelling purposes, more metaphorical. Um, cause you're what you own after all, you know, trying to just find something where you can feel like, ah, this isn't just a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love all that imagery, like the, you know, a, a new lease and, can't buy love, but you can rent it. I mean, it's, it's just, so there's all that stuff is so rich. Yeah. And now I'm just talking about the show again and not doing the, <laughs> not doing what you guys asked me to do. That's standard. That's standard. Yep. Does yeah. this happen a lot? Oh, I don't know. every episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost nervous to say what, uh, what, what happens. Cause I'm, I'm always bad at that. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, there's no right answer. So I guess you're, I guess so. I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm really torturing myself on this he one. He could say Angel comes back and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he does come back at the curtain call and that's the you know oh, the best part. It's just the best. tears spurt out of my oh, face. Oh, just, the, just, yeah, just... Uh, Still yeah, in white. Incredible. Oh, yeah. I so know. Good. Well, until Rent 2 comes out, um, <laughs> everything oh. you said could still be true. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, that, I guess the future's unwritten. Yeah. As um, they say. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It yeah. was my... My pleasure. It Thank you so fun. much for having me. Great to have you. So um, fun. We talked about it a little bit already, but um, do you want to tell people where they can see and hear more of you? Yeah. I mean, well, I have a, uh, if you want to hear some music I wrote, um, I have some, some music available online. Uh, I put out a record a couple of years ago called Six Day Hurricane, and you can find it on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon and iTunes. And then I also play drums in a rock band called Lakes. And we just put out our first EP in December and you can find that it's called just to feel the feeling that's also on Spotify and, and, uh, iTunes and Apple music. And, uh, yeah, the original cast recordings of American idiot and spring awakening <laughs> as well. You can, you can hear me channeling, uh, um, Anthony rap as Mark Cohen in, in both of those shows. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Great. Um, well, please, uh, rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe. Uh, just the nice things, please. Yes. Uh, only only yeah, say nice don't things. Yeah, don't, don't be, be mean. mean. There's no reason. Um, <laughs> email us at everything is rent pod at gmail.com. Tweet at us. What is it? Everything underscore rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram mm-hmm. us at everything is rent. Um, we'd like to thank Zach Reno for doing our music. Thank you, James Mulholland for our artwork. And, uh, Mark David Christensen for being our engineer usually, uh, but also Ryan Kuntzhaus for being our engineer today. Yes. Our special guest engineer. Thank you so much, yeah. Ryan. Um, and John, thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate uh, you guys thinking of me and having me on the show. Of course. Oh yeah. This was a real delight. Um, I didn't want to fangirl out, but uh, I saw Spring Awakening so many times on Broadway. <laughs> I also saw you in Spring Awakening yeah, on Broadway. You were so good. Oh I didn't. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it was so, so great to have you. Thanks for doing it. My pleasure. Thanks so much. And say hi to Nikki for I me. I will. 
Or also, I'll just text her and also say hi Great. in person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she says hi as well. Yeah. I'll say hi to my sister for you too. Yeah. Okay, yes. Every, please, everybody say hello to all of your sisters. Find a sister, for me say hi. And from me. <laughs> Bye. Right, bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you. around my apartment uh, in New York doing nothing. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we could waste a little bit of your time. <laughs> I wouldn't call it wasting okay, at all. Okay, good. No. Then you haven't heard the pod. It's a full waste of time. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's, really, it's right up my alley, honestly. I'm Mark David Christensen, and along with Kate Thompson, we host Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast. The show dedicated to the half-demon hero created by writer-artist Mike Mignola and published by Dark Horse Comics. Each episode, we discuss Hellboy's comic book adventures, his cinematic appearances, plus much more. That's Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire. <laughs>